Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I am so excited about a new episode of our podcast. Today you're going to hear from B.J. Hansbard, a graduate of DeSoto High School in DeSoto, Texas, currently a student athlete at Baylor University where he is a member of the football team, about to graduate early and begin his master's degree, won many awards, academic All-American, recognized by the Big 12 Committee called Champions of Life for his community service. But more than that, passionate about Jesus and making Jesus known through the platform that God has given him, an effective communicator. And before we jump into it, let me just say we did have some technical issues you're going to see and hear in this episode. As we know, the enemy did not want this to go forward, but God prevails. So let's jump right into it. Thanks for joining me today, BJ. Mr. Stewart, sir, appreciate you for the opportunity, sir, to be able to join in with you, sir. Very grateful. You bet. You bet. I'd like to start these out just with some background information, just for some listeners that may not know who you are and a little bit about you. So just tell us a little bit about, you know, where you grew up, a little bit about your family growing up and where you are today. Yes, sir. B.S.P.A.R. graduate of DeSoto High School, class of 2018. Very glad to be able to be here with you all today you know just a little bit about me graduating and they also named me the class chaplain as well so you know it was actually funny walking in and going into things and how things worked out and just maneuvering around the campus around the city of DeSoto as a whole was very glad to be able to play football there with the state championship team in 2016 winning the state title very glad to be able to go down to school history for the record of the high jump at 16 uh Got that record 2018, was very glad, was very blessed to be able to go into different things, such as the Tom Landry Award finalist winner for, for being in that, you know, that category of the finalists with, with some great prestigious young men within within the, the high school industry. So, man, it's it's been a blessing uh, to be able to go to Baylor University, committed here in 2018 to play football here. So, blessed to be able to be graduating this December with a degree within corporate communications, and I plan to pursue my master's degree within Sports administration. You know, if I can describe myself within three words of the impact that I would like to leave, it's, it's always three things that I like to leave people with. I'm a servant. I want to be remembered to love other people. And I want to be remembered as someone who enlightened others on knowledge, on wisdom and whatnot. And of course, I'm a young man. I just turned 21 this year. So it's some things that I'm still learning. But, you know, we can't make every mistake in the book. But that's why we need community around us to help lend, to help guide, to help encourage, to help keep, keep each other lifted up. So, man, I'm just so grateful and honored for the position that the Lord has blessed me to be in. That's great. And I know um, you and I were talking before we started recording. I and mean, I know you are um, definitely a, grew up in a family of faith, grandfather, pastor, dad of you know, in ministry, mom leads praise and worship. So clearly a huge legacy of faith. So um, talk about growing up in a family of faith. And then at what point did you realize you needed that personal relationship with Jesus? And it wasn't your your family's faith. It had to be yours. Yes, sir. And that question that you asked, it's it's, it's so vital for, for people to understand, you know, growing up as a young well, going to the church all the time, very often, you know, at times I was just someone to go to church, would hear the word, clap my hands, would sing a song. My parents made me sing a song. And, you know, I was leaving. So, you know, I was still trying to understand and figure out the faith and how it, how I needed to implement that within my very being. So, you know, I, you know, went around 
walk throughout elementary school, throughout middle school and everything that was going on. And one thing that I that I really, you know, take personal is realizing that I had to come to the conclusion that my faith was something that I had to take personal. It wasn't something that my parents could live through through me. It was something that I had to take into my own hands and realize if I don't take this personal into my own hands, it will lead me nowhere. Of course, my parents' prayers, my grandparents' prayers will continue to keep me aligned and focused, but I will have to take the initiative of taking things into my own hand to be led in God by the Spirit of the Lord. So when I was 13 years old, I accepted Christ, and I began walking into the calling that the Lord had for me. So, of course, you know, being at, you know, being 13, being 14, I really struggled with my identity of accepting Christ and understanding the call that the Lord had for my life and the call that the world attempted to try to get me and try to put on me. So, man, I was really tossing and turning, you know, accept the salvation, understood even more so. But I really just began to walk into the calling that the Lord had for me when I was 16 years old. You know, up until that time, I was really battling with identity, really understanding and trying to figure out who I was, what I wanted to do, who I wanted to run with the things that I wanted to be known as. So it was really a blessing to come to a conclusion knowing, you know, Lord, I can't fit in. You haven't called me to fit in. You've called for mm. me to stand out for the glory of your name. You've called for me to be the salt of the world, to be the light of the world, to go out and to minister to those who don't know the word of God for them to know that you are Lord and you are Lord above all creation. You know, so being growing up in the church, I have two younger brothers, uh, Brian and Bryson. Bryson is the youngest, which is nine years old. And Brian will be 20 here in August. So, you know, love my little brothers to death. I definitely appreciate them. But then I have to look back on them. Like I have to look back and say, you know, you have to be an example for your younger brothers. You want them to continue to grow up, but you don't want them to make the same mistakes that you made. So it's vital to continue to dive into your word. It's vital to continue to stay focused and remember the track and the guidance that the Lord has given you. That's awesome. I love that. I love how you, you said that, you struggled with identity and you realized that the Lord didn't call you to fit in. That's powerful. That's huge. Yep. Cause, cause a lot of times we do, you know, we want to fit in. Um, that's good. I love it. And we'll talk about your faith a little bit more here in a moment. I want to talk, you know, you mentioned playing for DeSoto, um, you know, a, a powerhouse for those that aren't familiar with Texas high school football. Um, was there any pressure for you to get it, for you to play football, because one thing you didn't mention is your dad played both collegially and uh, professionally. So, did you feel any pressure at home to 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 uh, follow in his footsteps with football? Definitely. So, one thing that I can say about that is my father was very influential without my, you know, without my entire football career, you know, started playing football when I was 20 years old for the Red Oak Knights, went into middle school playing football for McCown Middle School, then went to DeSoto High School. And one thing that I can say is my father never pressured me nor my brothers into playing the sport of football, any of those things. Now, like he told us, if you're going to play it, you're going to give it your all. You're going to put forth the dedication, the desire, and the discipline to perfect your craft and any type way form possible, you know? So we went to the summer workouts. We went to a few camps, you know, we, we, we took visits to college campuses and, you know, we really enjoyed the full experience of having a father who went to every single level, level mm. who knows the gestures, who knows the logistics of things. So one thing that I can say is my father definitely encouraged me and supported me through whatever decision that I wanted to make. You know, it wasn't about him at the end of the day. My father had already laid the path. What he did now was up to us to continue to, if we wanted to, walk that same path. But we realized and we knew that, you know what, we can't do what dad does. Like, we have to make our own name. We have to make the name hands far even greater than what it has been. So even though a lot of people thought I was going to go to the University of Texas Tech, 
I was very grateful not to say guns up. You know, I, I didn't want to be a Raider. <laughs> you know, I actually was committed to the University of Arkansas for nine months until uh, Brent Billiman's staff was fired or released. Then I had to open up my process and then I committed to the University of Baylor. And it's been a, just an outstanding blessing to be here under the leadership was of Matt Rule and now the leadership of David Lennon. So it's, it's been an absolute blessing to be here in Waco, Texas. And, you know, definitely can't wait to see what's in store. You know, you mentioned um, committing to Matt Rule and now the head coach, Dave Aranda. So you've been through a lot at Baylor, uh, coaching change and then COVID. Um, and that was almost two, two separate things, but they also kind of came together because the coaching came, change happened right as COVID was, uh, was upon us. So talk about how that impacted you, you know, going through a change and then going through trying to learn a new staff when you can't even meet in person. And then, um, you know, maybe talk about how your faith guided you through that. Absolutely. So one thing that I can say that a lot of people, even nowadays, you know, and, and I think it kind of, it could dwindle along all ages. One thing that we battle with is the approval and acceptance of others. So when I go into being committed to Matt Rule and staff, I realized that that staff got a chance to know me. They got a chance to recruit me. They got a chance to know who I was in high school and matriculating over to the, to the collegiate level. So I got a chance to build relationships with them. They got a chance to build relationships with me, my family, come visit and whatnot, and really just understand and know who I was, the type of young man that I was and what value I brought to the table. So one thing that I had to realize about the staff coming in during the COVID year was like, be realized that you can continue to prove yourself time after time again, but you already have the approval. You already have the acceptance for the simple fact that you already know who you are. You know what your identity is. You know the value that you hold. And I think a lot of times we get it confused because we try to receive and approve and acceptance for a lot of people. And anytime we get that misconstrued within our mind, that's when we begin to be emotional. That's when we begin to act out and have to struggle with depression and struggle with anxiety for the fact knowing that we're trying to seek those things out from people. But when we realize and we know who we are, we're able to walk into that thing even more so powerful, realizing that, hey, man, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Like, it doesn't matter if I don't touch the field at all. Like, I understand that I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason that each and every day I come to work, that I'm just building on armor and armor, that when I'm walking through this thing, I'm just building on strength. So regardless on what I face within my life, regardless on what I face on the field or off the field, I know that I'm putting on strength regardless of what I may face. I know I'm putting on strength regardless of the trials and tribulations and the adversity that may come my way. Simply for the fact that I'm putting in the, the hard work, that I'm being dedicated, that I'm a hard worker, that I'm being disciplined, that I'm being very direct and very intentional with the steps that I take and with the moves that I make. So anytime that I'm walking within the new staff, I have to continue to tell myself that because it can be easy getting caught up within the drifts and within the flows of, all oh, man, coach doesn't want me, all oh, man, coach doesn't prove me and all of these different things. And of course, we need that time. We need that hard love. We want to be in that mindset of working. We want to be in that mindset of realizing, hey, coach, like, am I doing this right? Was it, what is it that I need to do? But when it comes to calling you what your name is, we, we, we get it misconfused because we get it. We, we have a, a misconception of things because at times when we feel ourselves coming up short, at times when we don't always what we want, we feel like we're not equipped. We feel like we're weak. Or we feel like we're alone. But each and every time we have to realize that every single thing will test our commitment level. Like if you say you're committed to that thing, your commitment level will be tested through adversity, through hard challenges. 
through those tedious moments that really define who you are. So coming in during the COVID year, it was definitely a, it was definitely a challenging year with people catching COVID left and right, with some gangs being counseled, with some people having to sit out due to COVID or due to direct contact. So it was really a thing of having to trust and depend on my word and depend on my faith and realize, you know, Father, I don't understand what's going on, but I realize that you haven't given me the spirit of fear, but you've given me a power, a love, and a sound mind. So when I realized that I was equipped to walk through this thing, even me battling an injury at the uh, end of the season, you know, I had a season injury, a season ending injury dealing with the high ankle sprain against the TCU game, fit play of the game. So, you know, that, that, that was a battle for me as well. Cause I was really trying to understand, you know, a father, like here I am really balling out fall camp, going to have that opportunity to roll into the game, to play even more so going into my sophomore year. And just like that, it was cut short. So I really had to depend on my faith and realize, you know, father, even though I'm being put in a very odd predicament right now, I trust you despite through it all because mm. you've never left me alone. I felt alone, never misguided me. Even when I felt like I didn't know which way to turn, who to connect to, who to cut off with, you always instructed me on what to do. And that was through your word, through your spirit. So, you know, very grateful to be able to have that faith to rely on and to stand on, which is my foundation. So how do you balance being a student athlete with just, life outside of football, right? And staying connected spirits. I talked to a friend of mine, Paul, who um, helps run the sports leadership camp. And he mentioned you um, as volunteering there. So you give so much, you serve in your church, but how do you, how do you balance all that and just stay connected personally in your spiritual walk? So one thing that I think is very vital is, is the community you have around you. It's, it's very important that you surround yourself up and encourage me. And I have brothers and family around me mindset to realize that, man, like, I'm really not walking this walk by myself. I really am accompanied by people who love me, who support me, who want to see me win. The court system with the correct community and able to grow and able to enlarge the kingdom of heaven. And I'm very big on this, man. I, I don't, want, I don't want, just want to grow up. Let me say this, and I'll end with this, man. It's, it's very... It's very vital that we understand this. We hear the word of God and it says, give and it shall be given to you. And a lot of people think that's just a financial position that we should be in. And one thing that is very important is to realize this. When God says giving and shall be given, that's just not a financial reason. It's not just money. And I'm not going to limit God to just money. Father, hey, if I give, you told me if I give, you're going to fill my pockets up with millions of dollars. No, Father, I want to be gifted with your wisdom. I want to be gifted with your knowledge, with your guidance. I want to be gifted with protection. I want to be gifted with the leadership and everything that you've given me. So I won't limit God to whatever he has me, whatever he wants to do to me. Because if I'm giving and giving, the Lord is going to give to me. And it's not just going to be a financial matter that's going to be set. But I'm going to be set holistically because that's what the Lord promised me. Well, that's good because you're right. So many people just tied just to money and material things that, you know, the more I give, the more I'm going to get. But I, I love how you said it's, it's the holistic um, view of that and not just because if we tie it to just money, then we're we're in trouble. So let me let me kind of shift a, a different topic, if you will, but one that's um, I think very critical that, you know, we we discuss, um, you've been a very vocal leader over the last few years um, related to social injustices and race issues in our country. So, you know, we live in a obviously a very divided country, whether it's race, politics, religion, you name something and it divides all, it divides us. Um, and I believe sports 
is one of the few things that does unite us. So talk about your passion for being that vocal leader when it comes to division. Um, and how have you seen um, the platform that God's given you through football kind of help bring people together? Definitely. Well, one thing that I, I like to always say and be sure that I start off with this is that I'm not a person that's big on the politics. You know, I'm, I'm not a big person that's, oh, man, I hate this man or I dislike this person. You know, that's not me. I, I, I do my research. I understand what's going on and I really try to be in tune. But one thing that I can say that really drives me to want equality, to want togetherness, to want to want unity, to want love to be implemented is, is really even more so the village that I have, the community that I have back at home before I even came to Baylor. Like I saw my mother and my father love each other as the Lord loved the church. I saw my mother and my father not only love each other, but they love me and my brothers, my brothers and I. Not only did my brother, did my, did my mother and father love each other, and not only did they love my brothers and I, but they also went out and showed that love to other people. And it was many different colors, many different shades, many different ethnicities, all, all that you can ever name. And one thing that really was just so driven to me and understanding this is that, you know, at times we, we make this bigger than, you know, what it is. We understand that we have good and we have evil. But one thing that we have to realize is the agenda. We know what the devil has come to do. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And at the end of the day, everything goes back until the Bible, which is the God that we have is the book of instruction. And we realize even more so that when we know the plans, when we know the tactics, when we know the devices of the enemy, we have to be able to pray in a certain way to be able to break chains, to be able to break the bondage of those things. And I realize more and more each day, you know, it doesn't take just one person to break this such detrimental, toxic thing called racism. Each and every day, it's something that we have to be intentional about. And even though everyone here has different viewpoints of this thing, different perspectives of this thing, at the end of the day, a divided church cannot serve a united God. Ooh. You can't love Christ and you hate your neighbor. You can't say you love the Lord and you can't stand the person that sits beside you. You can't say that you worship and magnify and lift the name and, the, and lift the name of the Lord's name up on high. But you can't seem to never keep your ill lips and bitter tongue off of your brother and your sister. So it all goes back into the word of God. If I say I love God, I need to love my neighbor. Now, it's the difference between love and like. I can love you. I, I love you, but I don't have to like you. I can love you, but I don't have to agree with every single thing that you agree with. I don't have to agree with your perspectives on things. I don't have to agree with your viewpoints on things. But I realize the agenda. The enemy is coming to steal, kill, and to destroy. He's coming to steal our joy, to steal our hope, to steal our peace, to steal that prosperity. He's come to destroy us. One thing that I realize, man, is that the enemy is not going to steal from the empty home. If mm. you have that's valuable, if you have something that's worth living for, when you have purpose, when you know your calling, when you know the assignment that you have, the enemy is steady trying to pit, to dip, to nab, to get attached to you because he understands that, man, if I can drain the life out of this person, if I can drain the battery of this person, I know I can get them. And one thing that we know that the enemy is after, the enemy is not after us because if the enemy can get our mind, if the enemy can corrupt our mind, if the enemy can attempt to plan obstacles and tactics around our mind, 
we're still we're still here, man. I, we're, we're sorry about the dropout, but man, we're still here. Like I said, man, the enemy will not steal from an empty home. And that simply realizes this. When God has called and he has chosen us even more so as being people that are in the world, not of the world, we have to realize this thing, man. We we as the church, God has called us. He has gifted us to stand out for his goodness, for his grace, for him to be lifted up and not lifting ourselves up. So this thing called racism is a contagious disease that we have to break each and every day. So we have to be very intentional with our prayers. We have to be very intentional with our gestures and realize this, man, that the enemy wants to try to plan and tap and have and use these devices around trying around the kingdom of God because he realizes that, man, we're not doing anything but enlarging the kingdom of heaven. And I realize this when we get to heaven, it's not going to be a thing of race. It's not going to be a thing of white or black. It's not going to be a thing of ethnicity. It's simply going to be a thing of who loves the Lord, who accepted the South, who accepted what the Lord has done, whose name was written in the Lamb's book of life. And when we get up there, it's not going to be a white versus black. It's not going to be an Asian versus black. It's not going to be a Hispanic. It's not going to be a Portuguese. It's not going to be any of those things, but we're all going to be unified together, lifting up the holy name of the Lord. Well, that's good. I wrote down a lot of notes on that. Divided church can't serve a united God. The enemy doesn't steal from an empty home. I mean, there's so many things, so many notes there. That's good stuff. I love it. So let me ask you this. Um, a lot of people have a, a life verse or a favorite Bible verse. Do you have one or, you know, maybe share one that God's used in your life recently? Definitely. So I, the, of course, you know, everybody, the first verse that you memorize that you, what was the first verse? Tell me, you, I know you know what it is. John three sixteen. John three sixteen. There it is right there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That was the first verse that I learned, but my favorite verse, and it's so profound and it's something that I continue to walk and continue to eat and realize each and every day is Proverbs three, excuse me, verses five through six. And that says, trust the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And that's just a thing of everyday living. You know, we, we try to live from day to day at times and God is simply asking us to live where we are right now and trust him for tomorrow. Trust him for the next day. Trust him for the next month, for the next year, for the next decade. And at times we can skip so far ahead and we can miss out on what God is trying to do in our life on this very moment. And that's why he simply says to trust in me and lean not to your own understanding. Man, it's some things that we don't understand. It's some uncertainties. It's some doubts. But the Lord is saying, lean and depend and trust on me. Like, I understand what the doctor's report said. OK, go ahead and, and get that in your mind and understand that process that. Now, come back to my word. Come back to my mm -hmm. word of God to saying that that healing is the children's bread, that by your by my stripes, you are healed. I understand that your father might have left you time and time again. I understand that your mother might have walked out on you. Go ahead and process that. Go ahead and get those emotions out. But then now come back to my word that says that I will never leave you nor forsake you, says the word of God. So even though we have these different things that go on throughout our life, the word of God is here to get us back on track. The word of God is here to simply guide and lead us throughout this thing called life that we walk daily. So Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6 is a verse that I will continue to walk out and continue to live each and every day. You know, it's interesting how on both of those verses are ones that if you grew up in the church, 
they're very familiar, especially John 3.16. I mean, like you said, first verse I learned. I mean, I say it, you know, my whole life, but it but it wasn't until probably in the last few years that I really spent some time really meditating on it, really unpacking it. And there's a lot, you know, I think that's just one of the I say that to say that's one of those verses that oftentimes we as believers we recite it, but we really don't let it soak in and understand that God loved the world yeah. that he gave his son. Um, and then the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is another one. I think many of us grew up memorizing. and But sometimes we have to go through something difficult to realize what it really means yeah. to trust God and lean not on my own understanding. Because I, I, mean, I can tell you many times when uh, I lean on my own understanding and it, it doesn't go well. And then I have to step yeah. back and go Proverbs three, five and six. So I love those two verses. And I love you. I love you mentioned those. And I always just, to me, those are two that are some of my favorites, but are some too that I feel like we, we often just recite and don't even really comprehend. And so that's, Definitely. I love it. That's good. I like to close it out with the question. Um, two words. All in. It's all over sports. You don't have to look very far. I mean, chin straps, T-shirts, wristbands, you name it. It's all over sports. But it's also if you study the four Gospels, it's it's that's what Jesus calls us to be. If we're going to be a follower of him, he says we got to deny ourselves. we got to take up our cross daily. So I like to ask it from a practical sense, though. What does that look like in your life on a daily basis to be all in in your walk? Definitely. So one thing that I have written down on my board over here, it, it, you know, I titled it "How to Be Consistent," and I have the word "focus" written down. And to have acronyms of what focus means, it says follow one course until success. And one thing that I put as a little brief asterisk on the side is I said, "You don't rise to the goals you set, but you fall." or rise to the systems that you create. And that came from the book, uh, Abyss, which is a phenomenal book, great, great book to be able to read. And, and I'm still diving at that. So when I think about being all in, man, man, I, I, I definitely think about where my focus is. And, and, and I just, I, I, I think back on, on the word of God and, and realizing, man, like you have to be all in, in this walk. Because if you're not, man, you're going to miss something. You're going to be out of position. You're not going to be able to have that position that you want. Because I realize, man, you, God first, before God can ever give us anything, he has to trust us with what he's giving us. And that comes from a practical sense of realizing, man, that if I want to achieve something, if I want to amount to something, I have to give that thing focus. I have to be precise. I have to be consistent because each and every day I'm gaining the approval of myself. I'm gaining my identity. I'm gaining the characteristics. I'm gaining more and more about myself and realizing who I am. And when I know who I am, I know the things that I won't do. I know the things that I will do. I know the things that I can fall from. I know the things that don't, that don't phase me at all. So when I think about the quote all in, I think about focus. I think about following one course until success. I think about realizing that, man, like I'm not going to rise to the goals that I set, but I'm going to rise or I'm going to fall to whatever system that I put in place. If that system is being inconsistent, then I know that the goal I set right away is not going to have me being all in. If I, if I, if I think that I'm going to rise to the occasion, I'm not going to rise to the occasion, but I need to fall back on my training because if I ever try to rise to the occasion, 
then that's when I start doing different things. That's when I start being out of position. That's when I start trying to say different things I don't say or do different things I know I don't do. But when I fall back on my training, I fall back on what I was taught from the beginning. I fall back on what my parents instilled within me, being within a household. So now I'm being in college, walking this walk without my parents, seeing every move that I make, seeing every move that I take. I fall back and realize, you know what? This is how my mother and my father raised me. They raised me in this way. They raised me in that way. That's not me over there. So let me not fall to this. Let me not fall to this. Now, don't get me wrong. We fall all the time. You know, we have temptation. We have tests. We have things that we deal with and, and that we toss and turn with all the time. No one's saying that you won't fall at times. No one's saying is that you won't fail at times. But realize this, when we do fall, when we do fail, we have to get up, dust ourselves off, understand how did I fall? And this is reverting back to the systems that we have in mind. How did I fall? What was it that enticed me of going over there? What was it that enticed me of doing this? Okay, this is what enticed me. Okay, here, I need to understand. I need to get back focused. I need to get back in the mind frame of not rising to the occasion, but falling back on my training and realize that in order for me to be all in, I need to put a system in place. I have to put boundaries in place. I have to create, I have to equip myself in the right way that I won't fall to these certain things. So when I think of the word all in, I think of following one course until success. I think about being consistent. I think about putting system in place so that when trials and tribulations come, I don't just fall for any and everything, but I rise and I fall back on the training that I have, what the Lord has instilled in me, the qualities and the characteristics and the value and the equipment and the strength that I put on just for that moment. That's good. I love that. I, I wrote that down. Follow, I'm going to tell them, send, write that on my, in our house so my kids see it. Follow one course until success. I love it because that's, that's true in the spiritual world. It's true. I mean, it's everyday life. That's awesome. I love it. You've probably heard this before, but I'm going to say it. Uh, Inky Johnson better look out. Inky Johnson. <laughs> and that's, that's my guy. If, if I can definitely say one person that I've model to to you know want to speak better than is definitely him man he's he's such a profound and and just an, an intellectual speaker man yeah. much respect that's awesome yeah i was sitting here as you're talking going man he reminds me of inky that's good that's good <laughs> stuff hey i appreciate it i know we had some some issues today but you know i know the enemy tried to tried to shut this thing down but god prevails and i know i know the listeners will be Super, super encouraged by, by, by what they heard. So I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Mr. Stewart, I, I definitely appreciate you for this opportunity. You know, I know we did have some troubles at the beginning, but, you know, it's nothing but the enemy being upset because he knew what was going for, man. He, he knew it was too much juice, too much sauce within this thing. And he, he attempted to try to nig and nag with the, with the connection. But as you see, he, it, it didn't work. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thank you again for listening. Um, as you could tell, and, and we mentioned several times in this uh, episode, we had tech issues. The enemy tried to shut it down, but he was not successful. Um, and, and, and you can tell why he didn't want this to go forward, because Jesus was was glorified. Jesus was preached through BJ's testimony. And I just want to encourage you in that, that to focus on Jesus alone. The enemy doesn't steal from an empty home. Um, and just 
you know, go back into some of these common verses that we grew up memorizing, John 3.16, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I would encourage you, after you finish listening to this conclusion, just go read those verses, marinate those, meditate on those, and then also get, get your pen and paper and write the word focus, and then write follow one course until success. I believe if we all do that, we will experience an even more success, whether it's in our walk with Jesus and our professional lives, it's, it's as a husband, as a dad, um, as a son, as a daughter, if we would just all focus um, because we rise and fall to the systems that we have in place. Thank you again for listening. And a huge shout out to BJ, just a, an incredible young man, mature beyond 21 years. Um, but thank you for sharing your story, BJ. And, and listeners, I know there is someone that you're thinking of right now in your life that could be encouraged by this. I would ask you to share it with someone. Um, if you're not a subscriber to our podcast, whatever podcast platform you utilize, I'd encourage you to hit the subscribe button. Lastly, we love to hear from you. Go to our website, allinsportsoutreach.org. Go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, in the search bar, type in All In Sports Outreach. Find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray, to serve, and to give, to contact us. We love to hear from you. Lastly, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your support.